Hello, and welcome to Sober Town Podcast. This is Peanut coming to you from the 5280 Mile High. And I have a very, very special guest today. And she is the founder and owner of Wagon Coffee Roasters, LLC. Would you like to introduce yourself, (laughs) ma'am? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. I am Tammy Canaday, and like you said, owner and founder of Wagon Coffee, and just grateful to be with you and to share some of our story and, and what we're up to in the world. I'm so glad to have you here. Just a little backstory. When I was about, I think, was I five months sober? I had been following Tammy. She is so well known in the community. Uh, She spearheaded this movement. Uh, To date, I believe she's been represented on 10 different media outlets, won countless awards. And I found her because uh, she supports women in recovery. I was struggling and I reached out to her and uh, within moments responded I got to meet her, come into her center, uh, the free spiritual community, which we'll talk a little bit more about. And the first thing that really rings to mind is um, you were so kind and you just shone so much light from your heart and, and you didn't know me for but a moment. And the first thing that you said to me was grace. And I'm, I'm getting a little emotional thinking about it because it was it just really speaks a lot about who you are and your mission. And it still really, really sticks with me, as you can see mm-hmm. in here. So not only do you have a center to heal, but what else do you do, Tammy? Oh, I'm so, that, that story, it makes me a little teary-eyed too, because it means so much when it means so much to you. So I appreciate you, you sharing that. Goodness gracious. We, we do a lot. So Ryan, my husband, he's nine years sober. He was nine years in January and I identify as a loved one of, so uh, about four, almost four years ago, Ryan and I started free, which is a spiritual community. And we, we actually started it in our backyard. So he was like, Hey, what would it look like for us to start this, this thing that we called it a thing for addicts and loved ones of addicts? and spiritual refugees. And people go, well, what the heck is that? What's the spiritual refugee? And we identify these group of people, which I also fall into this category as well, but these people have felt kicked around by God or religion in some way, shape or form in their life. So we create space for these people too. And we just started it as a four week thing. Cause my husband and I love doing life together and leading groups together. We've been together 19 years, married, almost 17. We have four kids. And, you know, we've learned that we do better together in life when we, we join and do these things, whatever they might be. This happened to be free, which we thought was just a four week deal. We opened it up. We called it recovery for all and recovery for everyone. And I was like, I'm in and I'll do it. And I'm excited about it, but there has to be coffee. Can there be coffee? And he's like, you can do whatever you want to do. So even from the get go, we were I was, I should say, roasting coffee out of our back door, out on our back porch um, from the get-go in our backyard on a tiny little six-ounce home roaster. And the proceeds at that point were just going back to free to help sustain the mission of breaking the silence of addiction. And after the four weeks were done, everybody said, what's next? What are we doing now? 
and people kept showing up and our neighbors started getting angry because we were filling up the parking lots and filling it in our backyard. I love and, it. And so after the, uh, we, we extended it throughout the summertime. And by the end of summer, we had a gracious offer of the place where you came to Dana. And this man offered us a, a great deal just to kind of get started uh, month to month. And I mean, there's so much story behind it that you wouldn't believe of how this thing came to life and how life was, was literally breathed into it by so many people. Um, we are no fools to think that this sucker was us because there's so many hands that helped us move forward with free and able to create this space that was so desperately needed even then. Oh, I'm just trying to catch my breath because I love hearing the story. I've read the story. I've heard it from you. I've heard it on the media outlets, but it never gets old to me. Um, so let me pop you back a bit and tell me why coffee? I mean, of yes. course we love coffee, but why was coffee so integral for you? A couple of things. And it's, it's so beautiful when you like, you go back and re rewind the tape because in the moment you're, you're often stuck in life. And a lot of people listening might be there now, like, dang, I just can't get traction. And I'm trying to get to this point from point A to point B, but when is the timing right? Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people look at us and they're like, look at you guys and what you're doing. But we're like, Hey, there's a lot of story before we got here, before I got here. So I was in the corporate coffee world for multiple years and knew everything, learned everything coffee from barista to manager, to trainer, to district operations. And I did that for well over a decade, almost 20 years of experience now with, with coffee, um, cumulatively. For me, I was like, gosh, what, what can I contribute? You know, in, in recovery, we say service keeps us sober. Even as a loved one, how can I stay centered? And how can I give back? I feel like I've learned that this life, if we're not serving others, meh, what are we doing? You know? Right. And so my, my way of giving back was, I know a lot about coffee. I'm knowledgeable about coffee and I can do that. That's how I can give back to the bottom line. So that's why I started roasting coffee. Um, also a fun part of the story is when Ryan went to his very first meeting, his very first 12 step meeting, I was still in the coffee world and and he came home that day and he's like, you are not going to believe what happened at this first meeting. And I'm like, tell me, I'm excited. What, what's going on? What did they have you do? And he's like, they made me serve coffee. Like I walked in and I couldn't just sit down and you know hide in the background. I was the one that made the coffee and served everybody the coffee. That's your job. So that, you know, I always kept in my back pocket. And so when he brought this back up, like, let's do this recovery thing together. I'm like, huh. Well, you said there's coffee there. Let's do some research. Perfect. And as I was looking around and, and looking at the statistics, addicts and alcoholics, 90% of them drink coffee. So I'm like, hey, maybe there's something here. Well, and I also love it's almost maybe symbolic or, you know, me, I'm it, it was almost that the coffee was a vessel from the greater good, you know, the tool to kind of bring it all to fruition. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading something in one of um, Glennon Doyle's book, and she talked about how in 12-step meetings, people go to the basements and they have this really crappy cup of coffee in these dingy rooms. And I'm like, right. it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't right. have to be a dingy room. It can be a beautiful room. It can be a beautiful space. It doesn't have to be. Maybe you're comfortable in the church basement. A lot of people yeah. are. Brian did that for a long right. time. But my job was 
we can we can source and make and create great coffee and take care of so many things in the world while we do it. And the proceeds go back into the very reason why we're sitting here in these chairs. So for me, it was just a no brainer to use my gifts and talents that God has given me in the coffee sector and push them forward into making ripple effects of good in the world globally and right here in our community with women in recovery too. I absolutely love that. And you're, you're segueing perfectly for me. So I love that we talked about how it was a vessel and just kind of all the encompassing parts of that. Talk to me now a little bit about the environment. I know you, we probably don't have enough time to cover all of the things that you do for everyone, but talk to me a little bit more about the environmental part. I know that you're going up for the 5280. That's one of our magazines here in Colorado, and you're going up for another award this year. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, you know, in the 5280 top of the town last year, we, I put it out there to our community and our customers about what we were doing. And I highlighted some of the main bullet points of, of how we give back in a sustainable way, eco-friendly way. And I'll talk about those and touch on some of those things, but we were voted for most eco-friendly product in Denver, Colorado last year. So yeah, it just wrapped back around this year, a little earlier than last year. And so we're, we're up for the vote again. And I'm telling you, it makes such a big difference because it puts us on the forefront of eco-friendly products. So many people kind of tilt their head and go coffee, coffee can be fully Mm eco-friendly. Heck yes, it can. It does take a little extra effort and energy, but it, it really can. So our biggest biggest thing. I mean, there's so many points to talk through, but our biggest thing is our roaster, which you saw in person. And our roaster is electric. It's clean energy, zero emissions. The air that comes out is 90% cleaner than the air that goes in. It's like, mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful thing. So this, this roaster to me was really important in, in giving back and helping the environment. But also I'd love to highlight too, that this roaster is so special to us here at Wagon Coffee because it's pre-programmed and I can program the profiles from the various countries that we source from. We, we usually have about 10 different coffees on hand, 10 different countries of origin that we roast and serve. And these are preloaded by me and created and put into the roaster. And so the women come in and they don't have to babysit the machine. They can actually work on the, their sobriety and go to meetings in our facility here at Free because we roast in the back rooms of Free Spiritual Community, um, an 11,000 square foot building now. So we have different spaces and rooms where they can go and connect and do other things to stay centered and sober, or they can come back here and start bagging coffee um, and help get orders out. The machine does the work for us. Like I said, you just put the beans in and then 15 minutes later, the beans come out roasted. For so many reasons, I love our roaster. I can also source beans from them. So another thing with our, um, our sustainability piece is how I source our coffee in a sustainable way to make sure that farmers are getting livable, workable wages. A lot of coffee I do source directly through our green marketplace. Green is the way that coffee comes in. It's like a hard, green, dense bean. So I source a lot from them. But I also have personal friends in different countries, in Honduras, uh, in Colombia, that I purchase from directly. And note that these, these farms are little, these farms are itty bitty, like sometimes making 8,000 pounds a year and that's it. 
And so they have very small communities working on these farms. For us, it's really important that we're supporting their livelihoods, paying premium prices for their work too. So it's full circle, right? From farm to cup, we're trying to take care of every element in between to make sure like the environment, the farmer, and then the woman in recovery here that we're plugging, you know, everything that we can to give back in every way possible from where it starts to where it ends. And then the person drinking it, it's like, dang, look at all the things. Like I didn't just purchase coffee to help a woman in recovery. I purchased coffee that has this trifecta effect of good in the world that goes so way beyond us sitting here drinking this cup of coffee. There's so much to it. And then our, our bags, which are behind me, we get big burlap bags. And so I collect the bags. I have a pile of bags right now. And we donate them to the Denver Zoo because I use them for animal enrichment. Our packaging that we use is eco-friendly, compostable, biodegradable. Our cups that we use, our tumblers are. There's, I mean, there's just so many elements of like thoughtfulness that we try to pour into, that I try to pour into our operations, that it's just doing good and giving good. I love it. I love it. And that's, I'm just, I'm sitting back and letting you speak because I love to hear it and you're amazing. So thank you so much for all you do. Um, I appreciate you so much. And this is kind of an aside from my normal line of questioning. How do you get time to do any self-care in this? I mean, you're doing so much. You're supporting your business, your husband, your family, the world, me, everybody. How are you getting some time for yourself? Or, I mean, you are just so full with all you do. Is that kind of the secret? No, I think that boundaries are such a big deal. And in a community where recovery is central, that that is something I've really had to push into and, and learn a lot more about taking time to say that, especially with my family, with four kids, where I say I'm limited to when I'm doing things and when I'm doing emails and when I'm answering my phone, you know, when people call at a certain time or email at a certain time, I can wait because my family comes first. When it comes to me, myself, like I truly, and as, as nerdy as it sounds, like this is my, this is my happy place, like doing this work and in this space and making coffee and then sitting here and looking out my window at the mountains. Like for me, yeah. Like some people are like seriously taming, like, yeah, like that fills my soul just to sit and do a cupping. And um, I think it's all about sensory for me, you know, like taking the time to smell it, to taste it, to really sit with it. Um, It really does something to me. And you know, it's, it's funny because for, for years, I would always say, I am so passionate about coffee. And Ryan would say, yeah, well, well, why? And I'm like, I don't know. Cause I, I'm, I know about it. I'm knowledgeable about it. I'm good at it. And he's like, but, but why? And he'd continue to push like mm. my husband's a really good question asker when it comes to the why. And so when you get down to it and you peel away all the layers, it's like, oh, it's actually the people, the people that we're helping, the people that we're pouring back into the people across the ocean doing, a, you know, that we're giving back to. It's the people and the stories and the impact. And that's why for, for us too, with the coffee that we pick, that I know their faces, I know their stories, I know the initiatives and we write about it on our website. So if people have, are listening and want to go and check it out, it's not just here's the elevation, here are the cupping notes, which is on there too, but it tells you the impact that it's making in their direct communities to make the world better for them too. 
I love it. And can you talk a, a bit more about just being, and I think I asked you this when I met you, you know, do yes. people ever say, oh, well, you're not the addict. Um, mm-hmm. How would you know? And I think, and I don't know if I said it to you exactly like that, but I think I, I had said something, you know, do people question that because you're not the person with the issue, problem, vice, whatnot, that you wouldn't understand as much? And what did you say to me about that? I think that people are are, are pretty appropriate and they're asking because people that come into these walls and these rooms get recovery. And if you don't, we'll walk the journey with you and help you understand. And and even the language that we try to make so inclusive for people, but if people know enough to ask me those questions, uh, I say people get there and people have a journey that's their own, that they claim as their own. So for me, it's, it's, the transformation that I also got to go through. So I don't identify as an addict or alcoholic, but I do identify as, as, as people might say the Al-Anon and I, I have been on the journey too. So when I talk to people, I say, I have seen the transformation of Brian, like half our marriage was him drunk. Half our marriage has been him sober. And it's an amazing difference of person of who he is and how he shows up in the world. And I've seen the transformation of myself and and I personally am in and out of counseling because I know how healthy that is for me to stay centered too. So I'm currently even in it now. So counseling has been so beneficial to me in my transformation. And then, like I said, we do life together. So I, for us to connect and do free together, do life together, do our kids together. Like that's what, that's what keeps us going. That's what keeps us connected. That's what helps me understand. And that's why free is so important. I think in this community, when we were talking about getting it started, doing it together, I'm like, I, I feel on the outside of your circle of what you're learning of what you're talking about, of what your recovery is. Cause as a loved one, I want to know and be involved, but I always felt kind of on the outside of the wall. So we break down those barriers here free and we do it together. We have all people sitting in the room together, including families, which we have um, programs for too at free now, but they also get to be part of the recovery process with their, their parents. Yeah. So it's, it's, I guess it's the transformation of what I've seen in us that I get to pass along to the women in recovery back here in these wagon coffee rooms that, that just energizes me that I, I have seen it and I know it's possible. I absolutely love that. And it's, it's perfect, perfectly said as always, I have another kind of a side to that. How can you speak a bit about when you're supporting someone who may be struggling and we kind of have the two sides of, you know, tough love and you got to, you know, you got to put up boundaries and you've got to, you know, if they're drinking, you may not answer the call or, you know, how, how do you balance between that tough love part? And then, you know, knowing, you know, I'm worried if I turn my back on you and give you too much tough love, I may lose you. How do you balance that? Especially, you know, in it's, it's your life. It's all around you. How do you kind of sustain the two? Well, I know that I can't carry that all myself. So again, like, like you said, even for boundaries, it's doing what I can and showing up where I can. And for me, my job is to love people and to provide second chances. If like you said, people are showing up drunk or calling drunk, then I just, that's again, that's a boundary Mm -hmm. that I, I continue to learn and press into to, to say, Hey, now is not the time to talk. You need to go call somebody, go call your sponsor, call me when you get sober. You know, 
I guess for me, even here at Wagon, I get some of that, but more so I feel what my job is to love without condition. And these, these, I do have people that are on the wagon, hence the wagon coffee that fall off the wagon that get back on the wagon. And that's what we do. And when you say, when you introduced it and said grace, like truly that's the essence of what I'm hoping comes out of these rooms and pours out of these rooms, because we are continually, continually extending our hand and and extending grace to these women to get back up and onto the wagon because we're going somewhere together. And so I guess the follow-up question to that is, how do you love unconditionally? You know, when people aren't doing exactly as you want them to do and, and living up to your expectations, how do you accept, accept that and love unconditionally? That may be a big question. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's, it's super simple. And I can only put myself in the shoes of like with my husband and I just do. Like you just do, you just show up and do. And that's the thing is showing up and loving on people and showing grace and compassion. And, you know, again, we talk about that at free, like we call this free because all the things that set us free are these things like so freely given by God and their grace, their love, their compassion. And yeah, that might sound like, eh, okay, Tammy, like that's so easy, but that's, that's truly what this community does. No shame. Like you can come in here and you could have fallen off of the wagon you might've just got out of prison. Like, okay, guess what? You're still welcome here every single time. And and we're going to love you through it. And so how, you know, I think sometimes if you're, you know, on the other side, it's, it's easy to love. I can love you all day. I can love on you. I can love on the women in my groups. I can love on the other people in my community. How do we love on ourselves? I know you talked a lot about the boundaries and giving yourself self-care, but how do we love ourselves? I mean, if we're at such a point of, you know, just darkness, how, how do we do that? Well, I think, I think it is having people that we can fall back onto. So, so who, who is that circle? Again, that's why we created this community so that you, when we can't love ourselves, other people love for you. And you have people that hold you up, that support you, pull you up onto the wagon. And sometimes we need a little reality check, right? I think everybody, especially during these times and mental health ugh, is all out of whack. And I have my days too, where I'm just like, oh, it feels dark and not light. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Where do we go? And it's, it's the people, it's the friends, it's the counselor, it's the sponsor. Who is it that can get you back? I have a good friend that when I'm having a bad day, I'll let her know. She's like, okay, thanks for voicing it. Don't stay there long. Mm-hmm. Don't do it long. Don't do that. not stay there long. You need to check back in with yourself and get back on the straight and narrow where you need to be. And you know where that is, but feel it, yeah. feel it all. Let yourself allow yourself to feel all the things and then get back to where, you know, you need to be. And that is so helpful to me. And I'll have that check from her. I've had my husband say to me, you need to check how you're responding because you get to check your response in the world and you can do better. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it is like the tough love that I've heard from others, that then I can pass along to my ladies. You can do better, you know, better don't stay there long. You know, those are some things that I think we can say to ourselves and to the people that we love to, to get back to where we need to be especially with mental health when it's just these days. Perfect. I'm making notes as we're going along here. Um, Don't stay there long. I think that's, that's perfect. And just, as you said, just acknowledging that feeling, you know, not judging ourselves for that feeling or, you know, getting hooked in that negative talk about it and not staying there long. I think that's perfect. 
I was going to talk to you more about alcohol, but I'm really loving the way this conversation's going. So I don't know how much time we need to pay mind to that. Tell me a little bit maybe though about some of the limitations. I mean, this is a revolution. This is a press against everything we've been taught, we've been um, marketed about. How do we, you know, how do we rise up in this revolution? With recovery and and in the recovery world? Yes. Yeah. Gosh, I don't, I can only speak to my experience and, and where we're at. But again, I think it's the best thing that we can do for ourselves and others is just is showing up. That's harder than ever these days in the midst of COVID, in the midst of like us with Zoom calls. Like it's just, it's showing up, it's looking people in the eyes, it's doing community together. And that for me is like the game changer. And We've talked a little bit about showing up even when, or maybe sometimes when you don't want to show up, that's the best time to show up. Mm -hmm. You know, the times you don't want to go to the meeting, maybe that's when you need to get in there and have a meeting. How, and I think maybe this is kind of another kind of a wrapped, a wrapped question, but how, how are we giving hope? Is that just like you're doing here is you're giving the platform, you know, you're opening up your back fence and letting people in. How are we going to give hope in a society where, you know, it's, it's hard out there. You know, people are losing connection. They're losing community. They're isolating. How are we going to give that hope back? I think it's doing what we're doing now. It's sharing stories and letting people allow themselves to find themselves there in the story. And, and we do that every single week at free on Saturday nights. We have a specific storyteller that we highlight, whether it's an addict or an alcoholic or a loved one uh, or somebody that has been a spiritual refugee or identifies as one of the three of those categories. We highlight them and let them come and share their story so that other people can find themselves somewhere in the journey, somewhere in the story. And they go, ah, okay, I am not alone. Me too. Me too. And then they realize, I mean, I've heard, I've heard so many things where at the beginning I was like, whoa, that is something. And now I feel like after four years, you couldn't say anything to make my jaw drop anymore. It's like, I've heard it all. And it's like, all right, what else you got? You know? And, and so many people, again, like I said, can rise up and say, thank you. Now I feel surrounded by people like me, me too. How, how do we get to the point of having courage to step in the door or to reach out to you? Or, I mean, I know I, I sent you one email and you responded back within moments. So I can, I could definitely testify to that, but how do we get people to, to have that courage to reach? Well, I, I think that a lot of it, we have to take the onus off of us and put it onto them. Like this is their decision. They get to choose if they, they walk in the doors and they participate. We can continue to extend the invitation. We get to continue as a, a collective to show up. These women get to show up and do coffee. These people get to show up and do community and come to 12-step meetings. And we get to open the doors to them. But I continue to learn that it is them. Like it is these people's choice to, to listen and hear and then to, to make the choice to, to be a part of. You know, I was going to ask you to tell me an interesting story. Do you remember the story you told me when I saw you? I um, don't. Remind me. And I, I you, you probably can hear me telling people as I go through all the Tammy stories. But you said <laughs> we were speaking of the storytellers. And you said you met one fellow and he said, 
he said, you know, everybody always said you need to find your bottom, find your bottom. Do you remember this? I do. And do you want to finish it up the story? Yes. So this, this person is now on our board of directors and he's just a special person. Isn't that funny? Now things come full circle, but our friend, he, he would say, and he shared in his, his storytelling on a Saturday night that he thought he had hit his rock bottom as so many of us do come to find out this rock bottom had a trap door. And I was like, Whoa, I never thought of it like that. And again, it was just a reality check for me to be, to sit with these people and be present with these people. Cause even when you think it is bad, you know, Ryan and I will say, do you think that's the bottom? And oftentimes it's still not because there is a sneaky trap door. If we don't stay connected. And I could say for Ryan too, he got sober and he relapsed and he's like that sneaky trap door. And then he got back on the wagon and he's been, like I said, it's over nine years. So he disconnected though. Like he thought all is good. My marriage is better. I'm losing weight because I'm not drinking so much. My relationship with my family is good. I'm able to show up and be a pastor, not a drunk pastor. Well, but he, he disconnected from this community. He disconnected from the 12 step meetings and he drank again and he got drunk again and he drank for six months. And so, yeah, I think, I think that for me is the secret sauce is community connection. You hear the words, you hear the buzzwords. I'm telling you though, you hear these stories and you, you circle yourself with these stories. And then you're like, that makes sense. Now that's it. We do this together. Like we hop on this wagon and we stay on it together. And when you do fall off and if you do fall off, we're right here to pull you right back up. Right. And I think that really, and as you said before, I think it's, that's for mental health as well. You know, I think when we isolate and when we shut people away and shut down and just block off, that's when things start to get sticky. And, and you said it perfectly, just having a, a, a tribe almost to more than one person in the community that you can reach out to. So if you're, if you're just spent for the day, I can reach out to Ryan. I can, you know what I mean? So you have all these options. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I feel wonderful. I mean, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much uh, for everything. Is there anything else that I didn't cover? I mean, I could, I could keep you here all day. I know you have things to do. What else would you like to leave us with? I will make sure that the listeners get all the information, get all the websites, anything else I missed. You know, I think I'll just talk a little bit more about the coffee. So all of our coffee, we do have a white roast all the way to a dark roast and everything in between. Uh, Oftentimes people haven't heard of the white coffee yet, which is kind of a cutting edge thing, but we have perfected the white bean with many, many pounds of trash (laughs) that I've had to throw away because it it has been like the country of origin, like I've said, and the roast profile that I've had to just get totally dialed in and it's there. So if you are a white coffee fan or want to try white coffee, it has 70% more caffeine by volume. It has zero acidity. It doesn't rumble up your stomach. It doesn't hurt your head. Um, all of our coffee is, uh, organic. Although some of the packages I put organic on because people have paid the premium price for that, the right to have the the USDA organic stamp on it. But like I said, my, my little folks in Honduras and Colombia, for example, they're so itty bitty. They can't afford 
the stamp, but mm -hmm. I see their practices. I know their practices and they do it all in a sustainable way without any kind of pesticides or fungicides or anything. And you can taste the difference oh, of fresh picked coffee versus commercial, just going through the field and, and plowing it through. Like these people are physically picking off every single ripe cherry and you can taste the difference big time in the coffee. This, all of our coffee has recovery language yeah. too. And this so, is coffee you can drink without creamer. So I just have to say that this is, you drink your coffee black, it's delicious. Yeah. And, and because it's so fresh roasted and we like, we do six pounds at a time. So we try to roast to order, but we can pound out a lot of coffee in a day on our roaster. So when we have like sober living, a lot of sober living homes. So if you're a sober living home listening or sober living center, or recovery center organization, we provide a ton of coffee to people like this um, in five pound bags and we can just put it in and, and get it out, you know, within a day or two fresh roasted coffee makes such a big difference and taste and how it, how you drink it. And yeah, like you said, you can drink it black because it actually tastes good. It's delicious. And speak a bit more because I had to get the black part in there that you can, it's so delicious. Speak a bit more about the recovery bags, about the names, where that yeah. came from. Yeah. So the recovery centered language was really important just to keep the whole theme going around what we're doing. And we also have, I should say a couple of them. So, I mean, we have fourth dimension. So you guys are familiar with, we will be rocketed into the fourth dimension. So fourth dimension is our dark roast. We have whiteout, even though that doesn't seem super recovery. I was just like, eh, it's a spin on blackout. <laughs> <laughs> we have recovery. We have upon awakening, clean and sober, resilience. So just words that you might attribute to recovery language. And then we have a featured roast that we change out every month. So we have the opportunity to pour back into one specific community and change it up monthly. So like January was ODAT, which is one day at a time. This month was love and tolerance because one of my ladies that work here, Kavita, when we were talking about what should we name our, our February roast, she's like, love and tolerance, Tam. And I'm like, huh, perfect. Okay. I think that's pretty good. And she goes, because it's our code. That is what we do. And so we just, we try to always like focus like March coming up as a Peru coffee. I have it in my roaster right now. It's going to be called new freedom. And it's just always driving home the point of who we are, what we do and putting, putting a highlight, putting a spotlight on, on, on the work, the recovery work that we're doing here. Yeah. Uh, well, you are a breath of fresh air. I want to thank you so much for your time today. I will make sure that all of the listeners know about free spiritual community, wagon roasters, and I would love to feature you on the Yarn Consolaries website for next month, Woman of the Month. Um, so we yes, can talk no. more about that. Any, any oh, can I say one more thing? Yes, I do please. have one. It's, and it's a really big thing that I almost left out. Okay, no. We are not. launching. You're going to have to come check it out, but we are launching our free cafe, which we will be employing men and women and recovery. And right now the goal is March 15th will be our soft opening. So it'll be just like super, super simple. My plumber's in there finishing up on the other side of my wall right now. Yeah. But it's going to be all donation based. We are a nonprofit at free and all the proceeds will be going back into breaking the breaking the silence of addiction. So we hope that you guys listen, you come check it out. We'll have everything. Wagon love it. coffee is fueling it from nitros I, to espresso to 
you know, cold drinks, ice drinks, tea, chais. Uh, it's my just going to be so watering. Great. My mouth We're is watering. We're so excited. Tell me too, if you have anybody that's listening, some ladies in recovery that are local to our area that would like to come and meet with you about possible employee opportunities. Do you, would getting in touch with you through wagon be best or? Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, as we're growing, I have a handful of people right now. A lot of what we do is contract work. Um, as we are growing, we did open in 2020, but subscriptions, we do have one-time purchases and we do have subscriptions and the subscriptions is truly what fuels us, what drives us, what is able for me to employ more women and to ride more hours and dollars because the proceeds go back to them. And for us with these subscriptions from sober living homes, recovery centers, and even our customers that do a one-time purchase from wagoncoffeeroasters.com makes a world of difference. So I'm always open to talk with people about contract work for now, but also with our free cafe, we will have a manager starting on the first, but we can get you in touch. You can always reach out to us at be the wagon at gmail.com as well to reach us at the free side of things. And if you want to get with me directly, it's wagon coffee roasters at gmail.com. Perfect. I will put it also all on sobertownpodcast.com and anything else so good i think that's thank you so much for letting me share what we're up to and who we thank are and much. why we are thank you so much so i hope everybody listening has heard the grace coming from this screen into your ears it has been such an ultimate pleasure i think maybe i'll just say go with hope right? We're going to go with hope, grace, unconditional love is another one, community connection, anything I'm missing. No shame, baby. No shame, baby. And Mm -hmm. we just love you so much, Tammy. Thank you for all you've done. Subscribe to Tammy. I'll make sure to put everything out there and try some of the amazing coffee. Thank you so much. Thank you.